Well, well, welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and today I'm bringing you a hopeful story filled with the promise of new birth and forgiveness and renewal. Today I'm bringing you the story of Judas Iscariot. Tim's here, and he's going to share his theological rocket science with us from last weekend as we head into Easter. But before we discuss our least favorite disciple, now that they've spent their 30 pieces of silver for my betrayal. Let's welcome in our favorite co-hosts working from home, Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Good day, Good day. Guys. Hello, Tim, hello. Welcome, hello. Tim. Hey. How you guys hey. doing? Good. We're slowly making some upgrades to our podcast quality in general. Yeah. Slowly. This is week two of a working from home <laughs> podcast, and it was just as chaotic as the first week, I think. we. It was a last minute rush to try to get this all working and unfortunately guys sound effects not not a go today no you're go. not going to hold up your uh, ipad to the to the yeah, mic and that's see our if only that option works. that's our only option <laughs> here it's we totally go worth it what what <laughs> okay. That's the only way i can do it i don't know friends do of the pod i'm I, sorry. I have i have a number of people who have reached out to me to be like, I can help you set this up. I can oh, help you do it. And so please. that would be great if we weren't in a pandemic and you can't come to my <laughs> house, okay? So if we can figure this out via Zoom or phone call, I'm all for it. But uh, yeah, thanks for friends of the pod reaching out and doing that because I certainly need some help. I love the yeah. varied microphone usage. Yeah, yeah. I got a microphone here and a microphone here. And <laughs> we all just I got a took microphone what we had. had. <laughs> I don't have I, I just got a new microphone but I don't have a boom stand for it so yeah. uh, I'm holding on to it but next week it'll <laughs> it'll be like on a stand it'll look very official yeah Tim what's what's new with you what's going on um well I've been spending a lot of time on zoom I'll say that yeah <laughs> um that's for sure just are you are you hanging in there are you you're yeah, doing a lot of yeah stuff. we are I think um my Jennifer, my wife, is uh, sad that she can't actually see her grandchildren. Mm. That uh, we see that everybody's um, time, FaceTiming and Zooming and all that stuff has Skyping is all jacked up. Yeah. But I think the more they see each other this way, the more they want to see each other really. And so mm. I think that the idea of having to wait at least another month minimum is somewhat overwhelming yeah yeah well you've been i've i've been in the care center a couple times but you you've been there every time i've been there how often are you currently participating and serving in the care center well i'm just doing as much as they've asked us i did i was there three times the first week and two times last week and we we're only asked as a staff to be there once this week so i'll yeah. be there tomorrow and Marin, you're there you're there once or twice a week too right yeah whenever i can be like tim you know as much as they asked of us or as much as they would allow of us um, allow of us i think that's what it more is now yeah do you guys yeah. have uh any like stories like what's what's happening there what can we tell friends of the pod like what help them picture what's going on yeah i yeah. I had a, a fortunate vantage point from a couple of different stations or different areas that you can work with in the food pantry. And um, the first week that I was there, Tim and I were a solid team we uh, were running, <laughs> running groceries, 
just kind of in a circle. I felt like I was trying to just keep up with Tim the entire time, um, getting people's um, freezer items, refrigerated items. Obviously, we don't want them sitting out in the sun, um, you know, for very long. So yeah, there's a whole system the heat, to it. The heat is relentless right now. You know, it was pretty sunny the day that we were working. Um, so I got to see that side of it. And then I got to see the kind of personal shopper side of it where a person has a certain number of points and then they, they give you a list of the things that they're in need of right now. Mm-hmm. And with those points, you have to kind of kind of prioritize, you know, well, if this person wants diapers and wants, you know, paper towels, probably the diapers are more important than the paper towels at this point. Yeah. And you kind of can figure that out. Um, but Marcus and all of his genius has also left a section of that, that sheet for our care center friend to say, Hey, I know I've given you a list of 40 items that I need, but my top five are, mm-hmm. are right here. So if you can mm-hmm. get me these top five things, that would be great. So I did that for a couple of days. And then yesterday for the first time, my husband and I kind of treated it like a date and we just went and delivered Date food. night at the care center. Date night at the care center. <laughs> we went to beautiful scenic Arcadia, Indiana. Uh, oh, it delivery. Was, it was lovely. It was like a beautiful drive through the country delivering food. Great. To a place we've never been. So no, yeah, no traffic. No, yeah. I mean, it was, <laughs> I got, I got questions about these free range chickens I've been seeing, like getting all up close to the road. Like, what is that about Barry? It's, it's just nature trying to reclaim the earth while humans are stuck inside. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's been neat to be able to volunteer and see it from as many different angles as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be back there tomorrow morning, um, working the Wednesday morning shift. Okay, great. Uh, are you guys like what? This is week, I don't know, two that right. we've done this, but this is week three of life is completely different. What, what are your lives? Like, how are you, what is your mental and emotional state right now? This is for everybody. What's going on? How are you feeling? I'm, I'm feeling mostly okay. I'm pretty weary. I'm just like worn down. We, we've been, you know, this, and so does Tim, the lead team. We've been meeting like daily and many of our meetings are like four hours long and we're just grinding through trying to create a uh, sort of a new thematic goal, a new strategic plan for the for the near term, and so uh, that just trying to oversee that process, and it's just it's a grind. Um, but at the same the blast. time, it it can be at times. But no, it's it's exhausting. But uh, at the same time, I'm starting to get a sense for where Grace is going in the near term, and you know, over the next even six months, and uh, it, it's really hopeful and encouraging. So I, I guess it's a very full time. I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm mentally weary, but I'm also encouraged and hopeful. And, uh, and I won't lie. I don't mind the fact that I'm already home when I'm done with work and I can just go straight into the workshop and start working on a wood project and, uh, or, you know, go work with the chickens or go wait on the horse to be born and stuff like that. So, uh, I don't know. I'm like what? going out Going out there and talking. Have you, to, you, have know you that. told us? Have you told us? Did I not uh, tell you about this? I don't think you told our listeners. Oh man! Yeah, what's going I'm on? I'm sorry, dear listeners. Um, Are we expecting? Ro- Rodeo the horse is about three or four days past her due date, and uh, she's one of the one of the horses that our neighbor is uh, boarding in our barn right now. And so any day now, she's about to give birth to a little a little little boy. And uh, so Are we're we gonna, gonna live stream. And- 
<laughs> I don't know. We can, but she likes to do it. Um, <laughs> not she, this particular horse has given birth several times and she does it in the middle of the night. So uh, we're basically keeping our phones on so Gina can call us and we can run in there to oh, see. Oh, so you're going to go, you're going to go see it happen. We're going to ho- hopefully go see it happen. Oh, yeah, that'd be and then, amazing. Oh. oh yeah. Oh yeah. So that's like, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of fun little farm adventures going on around here. And then we just started fostering a new litter of baby bunnies, five two week old baby bunnies uh, mm. and their mom. So I don't know, so there's plenty, house of, again. plenty of things to, to keep us occupied and, and for me to feel like I'm not just sitting here staring at my computer all day long. Yeah. Um, so that's good. Um, I will say uh, that I'm excited about trying to bring in some of the farm stuff to Grace. Uh, I'm this, especially for the kids. So this Friday, or sorry, this Thursday, I'm starting to do uh, a, like a Facebook live time with Barry on the farm kind of thing for for Grace kids. So oh, this is your dream. Um, kids this is and my animals dream. is your kids dream. <laughs> it's it's like my it's my wheelhouse. Uh, so it'll be each it'll be three weeks, week one bunnies, week two horses, week three chickens. And so it'll just be uh, me and Olivia on Facebook Live introducing the animals and just answering the questions that the kids have and asking them about their favorite animals and um, obviously their parents will probably have to facilitate because i don't think they be have facebook accounts but it's gonna be fun so yeah i know i know at least one merge student that's gonna be all about that so. <laughs> and that's that that's acceptable as long as as long as that merge student is okay with me referring to everyone watching as hey kids so i, I think i think he would be fine with it i had to make a new rule this week as um you know it rained a lot and yeah. one night after midnight i came down the stairs to find my son's cell phone sitting at the bottom of the stairs with the headphones still plugged in. And that is just a weird sight. You don't mm-hmm. expect to see an iPhone at the bottom of the stairs. Something was wrong. Then I noticed the door was unlocked. And I'm like, that boy is outside. Post midnight, middle of the night. What was he doing? Rescuing worms, Tyler. <laughs> the worms. Oh no. On the sidewalk. We were going to lose them. <laughs> After so midnight? He was out there chucking worms back into the <laughs> it's a, grass. It's a man after my own heart. You roll. You can't go outside. Tim, you're into worms? After midnight. Yeah, I'm, yeah I understand the pitching them back on because they're trying to get away from the ground being saturated and they're going to a drier spot, but they actually get themselves into trouble. They're like beached. So, they can't get back. Yeah. Well, yeah, I definitely have seen them. He's like, it matters to this one. He's chucking them back. <laughs> it's the whole oh, starfish no. into the ocean thing, <laughs> except it's oh, worms. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, Marin, I hate to draw attention to it for Jed's sake, but I've noticed <laughs> that there is a very strategic conspicuous placement. <laughs> what are we talking about here? The, that's the plate. Yeah, that is. We've mentioned it many times. For anybody who's just come into the podcast for the uh, recently, Marin, please explain what the, what we're looking at and what you're for anybody who's not watching what Listen, we're talking about here. You know, times are hard. We're we're all looking for <laughs> ways to spark joy, and for me, that's this beautiful plate, handcrafted beautiful. by by a Donna McKenzie. Um, I found it at a thrift store in Chicago many many moons ago. And Your husband has begged it. you to get rid of it. He has threatened to break this plate more times than I can even recount. I normally Is that keep Mary it. Poppins? Uh, maybe. It does look like Mary Poppins. The coolest thing was, so I, when we first bought this house, I put this plate on display in my kitchen. My kitchen's black and white. It kind of made sense to put it there. 
Um, and, and he was so upset about it. He was embarrassed by the plate and said that people were going to come over and then drive away from our house and say to each other, did you see that plate? <laughs> so and now I everybody think, who's on uh, Facebook can see it. Exactly. I That's think exactly I, put what it, it looks like. I put it on Facebook saying, hey, vote you know, to keep or to trash mm -hmm. the plate. And most of the people were just like, hey, man, if it makes you happy, keep, keep the plate. So I have kept right. the plate. Now, he has since launched like a counterattack, and he's put a couple of things that I wouldn't have put on display in our kitchen. Working like, Santas. If you can have your plate, then I can have this empty bottle of ginger ale, like just something obnoxious like that. But that's it. That's the plate. <laughs> that's marriage for you right there. Just compromise <laughs> after compromise. It's just how we keep it fresh, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, Tim, what... what What's your life look like right now? Are you getting out on the bike at all? What do you? What I am you... actually. I've been riding quite a bit. It was cool just the other day. I mean, there's hardly any any cars on the road, and so when you're riding, it's safer and quieter. I'll give mm -hmm. it that. And but I was out in the middle of nowhere and ran into David Fox on his bike. All right. And, yeah. Former staff and, member, friend, yeah, fellow cyclist. He's, and he, yeah. And so we rode together back in. You don't really think about social distancing on a bike. You know, you I think we're plenty far enough apart, but we rode really fast and it was fun. It was fun to ride with them and to know that we're both in that kind of shape because we like there's time to do it. Yeah. So, yeah. Did yeah. you get him into cycling? I don't think I, I think his brother's a cyclist. I think I had a lot of, uh, in, in, what's the input into him becoming a cyclist. Mm. And he, um, wanted, he, had, you know, he lost about 80 pounds or something mm -hmm. like that. It's some, some incredible <laughs> amount of weight. My wife is getting burnt today. <laughs> and, hi, hi, Jennifer. I couldn't hear it. Hi, no. Jennifer. I'm eating our bluebirds, these dried worms, and I ate them for our grandchildren. You ate them? Are they dried? They're worms. They're just mealworms. Don't tell Jaden. Don't tell Jaden. <laughs> <laughs> or he was after He's me. Saving. When He's... the rain came, he was out saving them. Jennifer, this is very timely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, we were just talking about worms. I'm sorry. This is live, isn't it? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer looks hairs, everybody. <laughs> I just did my hair. <laughs> it looks, it looks great. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I would I would say yeah, I had and I gave him a, a bike line kit, which was cool because when we ran into each other, we were wearing the same kit. And so awesome. oh, yeah. we actually looked official in some manner. So it was cool. cool. So you're able to get out a little bit, not just cooped up at home. Yeah, and I I used to be a landscaper gardener for that was my business and so i've had time to because it's later or lighter later i've done a lot of work at my house so it's gonna look it looks really beautiful out there but and usually i don't have, i'm usually thinking about well no my evenings are taken up so often by work so mm -hmm. yeah, yeah so yeah that's I mean, I, th I think we're all feeling the same sort of loss of community and connection and um, the sadness of the world and all of that. 
but I, I'll be honest, I can't complain about being stuck here with Jennifer in this space. So. Yeah. Well, great. That <laughs> that brings a tear to my eye, man. That. There's How a lot are you of, feeling, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty emotional. So we started the day. Somebody sent what happened on James Corden's show last night or a couple nights ago where they sang Dear Evan Hansen's song, You Will Be Found, and the, the part where they're like, you are not alone. <laughs> I was watching it this morning, and I'm just like, ah, I feel alone. <laughs> and then uh, there's stories coming out of the care center and like people that are being impacted positively, even though it's such a terrible situation mm -hmm. right now mm -hmm. that like my emotions are, my nerves are up here. My emotions are up here. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah I, it, sent you that, I sent you that email of that, the, the gal who yeah. um, was saying how her, her life group is basically her only connection here. And she's forced to stay home for health issues, but they're like delivering food to her and checking in on her all the time. And she's like, I don't know what I would do if it wasn't for this kind of community. Yeah. And it's, yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. I had a funny thing though. I have a, a guy at the church. I won't name him, but he's a wonderful man. And he's been coming to my Tuesday night class probably for 15 years. He's really, really um, regular. And he wrote to me and said, he's so glad that my class is now online because he can use headphones and understand. And he's never understood. <laughs> oh, he's, he's got hearing He's all oh, yeah. he's got hearing loss. And so he says, now I can understand what you're talking about. I learned a lot. And I'm thinking, why is he just there, <laughs> he just, just yeah. there for, for your pretty face, Tim. That's all I think is. he's got friends. I think he comes because of the people that he's with. And so, wow. but it was kind of funny. That's cool. So Tim, I, I watched your message again. I watched it on Sunday morning, but I always try to freshen up on it right before the pod. So I watched it with headphones this time. And it was fine. I could understand you very clearly, but every breath you took was in my right ear. And so oh. you'd be talking, 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 like every Why? breath. Just, I don't know. Sorry. It was really something. I yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, I've been thinking a lot of, oh, sorry. I was going to ask you about yourself, Tyler, like well, I was yeah. stuck at home. If I, if I was a bachelor, like just by myself, I could do this forever. Like there, there used to be a time in my life where it was just like frozen pizzas in movies or like video games or whatever. And like, this would have been a welcome, like I, I would have had no problem. But now that we've got a toddler and a six week old, my wife mm. is like three months into maternity leave. She's ready to get out and like see the world again, but she can't. So we're, I mean, I've talked a lot about the potty training thing, but. Uh, I'm just sad that I'm sad that Milo's two years old. He was supposed to start soccer mm. three days ago. And like, we were pumped. Our families were pumped to go see him play soccer for the first time. And he doesn't even know what soccer is, but uh, yeah, there's just stuff that it, it's really sad that this is like a part of his life now. Like he will, he probably won't remember it, but we will remember this time kind of just, going by and we were we were stuck in the house with with each other which is good like I, I wouldn't rather be stuck anywhere else but it's just three weeks in I'm getting to the point where I'm like oh this is really this is really sad and not only do I hope none of us and nobody I know like uh, get sick but 
it, it's sad that all the stuff that we thought we were going to do, we're not doing now or anymore. Yeah, I, I had to talk with Desi about that last night because right now my family should be getting ready to go on Gaffron family vacation in the mountains yeah. of Tennessee. Um, that's how they were going to spend their spring break. Um, and none of that, of course, is happening right now. And I think you're right for those first two weeks, like, okay, survival mode. This is new, almost novel, you know. Kids are watching their favorite cartoon again and binging it from episode one. Like, yeah. But it's it's wearing now to the point where we're like, I'm over it. Yeah, yeah. And and there were some tears, and I had to tell her it's okay to grieve mm. the things that that we've missed out on. It's okay. Mm -hmm. um, it's okay to be sad about that. Yeah. So you're right, Barry we are as a leadership like we're meeting every day and we're trying to figure out the pathway forward but a lot of this is like we may be a different type of organization like we're always going to be a church and our values are never going to change and that kind of stuff but like the fact that we the fact that this is now a part of our lives this coronavirus like what type of organization are we going to be how we we were a church of you know thousands of people and all of a sudden overnight we've had to figure out and flex and be nimble uh digitally and technologically and now this is a part of our lives and so it's been really fascinating to to watch that happen to culture and society at, at large like last night we had a uh seven to eight person zoom family gathering like call with yeah. all of Lauren's siblings and family members and stuff. And we we did that with my family last week. And it's just weird that that is the way things, like that is all of a sudden becoming normal, but we still miss it. But that is like how we're doing stuff now. Yeah. Well, I know that, I know that we're trying, we're doing our best as a church to like provide hope and encouragement throughout the week. And so friend of the pod, if you are uh, somebody who, who want, who needs, practical or pastoral care please please check our website we we're trying to we're trying to um, pay attention to that as much as possible uh, if you if you are not following right now on Facebook or our website or what our children are doing or students are doing please check our website because we're trying to do as much as we can to keep you involved to keep you connected and so um, if you have practical or pastoral needs that is the place where we are kind of receiving all of that stuff right now. Um, so please, please do that. All right, let's get into the sermon. Tim, you um, you gave a sermon as we are in week three of our sermon series, In the Moment, which is kind of viewing the Easter story or journey to Easter through the eyes of Peter. And so you primarily focused on Judas Iscariot. And uh, it was a fascinating, fascinating sermon, but I would love to hear kind of your recap or a big idea for anybody who may have missed it or hasn't heard it yet. What do you want people to walk away with? Uh, I would say that I wanted people to walk away with how easy it can be to for anybody to fall into something that is so self-centered and self-absorbed that it can lead to all kinds of consequences that you never would have expected and that in the end the end point was really that 
the hope of even being freed from who we are naturally, where we're naturally led to be self-centered and interested in getting what's best for us. The, the hope in that is that Jesus took way more of that stuff that we don't, the shame and those sorts of things, and he made it possible for us to live differently. I, I think that I really wanted to talk about Judas. I, I'll be honest. I don't know that I've ever heard anybody. You can t tell me if you have, Barry, but I don't know that I've ever heard anybody talk about Judas like I talked about him. Oh, I haven't. And I think I'm right. Yeah. Um, I think I'm right. And um, the, the point was that, the point was that, yeah, he fell off a cliff. He did fall off a cliff, but he fell off a cliff that it's really easy for anybody to fall off of. Yeah. And that Jesus himself recognized that in the way that he spoke to him at the end. I don't know what would have happened if he hadn't killed himself. Yeah. Yeah. I, someone asked me, um, was asking me like, why did, you know, why is Judas's betrayal so bad, but Peter's is not? Why are, why is everyone okay with Peter and not, not with Judas? And obviously Judas's betrayal led to Jesus dying, but Peter abandoned him too. So, and I, I pointed out the fact that at least in Matthew's gospel, like we're actually led to ask that, that question by the way that the narrative works out. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to mention it, but if you look at the, the trial sequence, it talks about, uh, you know, in Matthew, it talks about the trial happening and then it cuts all of a sudden randomly to Judas trying to get his money back or trying to give the money back. And then he, he goes and, back, and kills yeah. himself and stuff. And, and then it goes back to the trial. And so it's like, you're, you're almost being forced to look at Peter's denial and Judas's betrayal side by side. Yeah. And so I, I, I was actually wondering the same thing. I was going to ask you your thoughts on that. What if he hadn't killed himself? Like, would he have been able to be reconciled uh, with the other disciples again, or was his, was his fate sealed by the choice that he made? Um, I'm of the opinion that that nobody, no matter what they do, is beyond redemption. Yeah, I his killing of himself had to do with the fact that he felt that he was beyond redemption. That's where his mind went, that he was beyond redemption. But, you know, we're just um, speculating. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. I but, think the same question could be asked of Peter. What if Jesus had not come back and said, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. What if Jesus Whoa. had given Peter a cold shoulder? Where would his despair have led him? Yeah. We don't know that. Yeah. Man, this, this sermon, Tim... You're right. I, I've never heard anybody talk about him this way, but it's one of those things that, like, I don't know if you guys have read the, the Da Vinci Code, but it's like at the end of the book where everything's like getting pieced together. What is happening? I felt like this was a sermon that was like that. It was like you're putting all the pieces together, and all of a sudden everything just makes sense. And I empathize with oh, Judas. Yeah. I empathize with Peter. I empathize. I like, I probably would have done very similar things. I'll probably do similar things. And, um, the fact like Tim, you, you, you talked like you went through Judas Iscariot. His last name's not Iscariot. It actually means man from where, where carry off, carry off. And here's yeah. like, yeah. I've always thought Judas's moment 
well, it's the moment that he's known for, which the moment that changed everything was when he betrayed Jesus. But you pointed to a moment that that was before that, that probably served as his, as his motivation. Can you talk a little bit about, um, about that? And, and let's talk about that as a group, just because I, I'm interested in what everybody, if, if yeah. like, it felt, it felt like the end of a thriller where you're tying all the pieces together and you're like, Oh, that makes that, that's makes complete sense to me. Yeah. Well, here's, I'll be honest. Uh, this is probably, you know, when, when we talk about what is behind the story that, that everybody assumes that the writers assume that everybody should know there's so much of that in this whole story. And that, that background stuff is really important, but the, that particular meal that meal was a big deal and it was a banquet that was put on with two people as the primary guests, Jesus and Lazarus. And, you know, Lazarus had been raised from the dead. That's a pretty big deal. And Jesus who raised him was there. And Mary putting the oil on his, it says they were reclining. It doesn't say they were, it says they were reclining. And that's a sign that it's a formal meal that they're in a space that's called a triclinium that has three levels of sitting and everybody is set in a particular social order. And she's, and so they're, they're laying with their, their head on one side with their heads towards the center and their feet are towards the back. So she's coming up and putting this oil on his feet, which are away from everybody. What Judas, I mean, the smell, it says the smell filled the room and people would have noticed that it was going on but he's the one who brought attention to the fact that she was doing that. And I think it was because I said it in the sermon, but they're down in Judea and everybody there except for him is from Galilee. Mm -hmm. And so he probably was maybe not known, but people would have had some sense just by the way that he talked and maybe the way he'd been carrying himself, or maybe he knew a few people from there or something. I don't know, but it's just seemed like he wanted to make a big scene about how spiritual he was one of the, and I think I mentioned this in the sermon too, but one of the primary ways that people showed their spiritual seriousness, if you will, was by giving money to the poor. And so he's, and if his job was to watch their money so they could give it to the poor, he's going to bring this up like, yeah, I'm really worried about the poor. And that's going to make him feel, that's going to make him look seriously religious to all of the Judean people, particularly if they're from Jerusalem, who are at this big fancy banquet. And mm -hmm. remember, it's Passover week and Bethany's just outside of Jerusalem. So who knows who was there? And so I, it, when I was thinking about it, it's just, it made perfect sense to me that when Jesus, remember, Jesus calls him out, but he calls him out over the actions of a woman. And I think it's the woman. He doesn't enter into some sort of dialogue with Judas. He just gives him hell, if you will. I mean, and it's like, boom. And I'm sure that Judas felt really, really um, put upon. Like in front of all these people, you have pointed me out and shamed me. And that's, I mean, it's a shame-based culture. Their whole thing is that they're trying not to be shamed. And I don't think that if it had been... And no dude would have poured oil over Jesus's feet, but if it's a but just the fact that it was a woman made it that much more shameful. Hmm. And 
So I, the more I thought about it, it just makes perfect sense that why would he tell the, the religious leaders that he'd turn him over to them? He knew there was friction, but it was probably because he knew they couldn't figure out who he was. And he didn't have any sense at all that what Jesus had been, what they had been up to thinking about Jesus was to kill him. And so all that stuff, all of the things that say they went off and plotted to kill him or they found, were thinking about ways that they could capture, capture him and kill him. That's all authorial editorial statements post the mm. events. Right. They add back in later to fill out the spaces in the story. Mm. So he, he's not operating with that. They're not like, there's not like some big campaign where everybody knows that the religious people are trying to kill Jesus. So it just made sense to me. Now, mm. if we get to heaven and I find out that I'm completely wrong on that one, I'm fine with it, but it per, it makes sense to me. Totally. And it also yeah. made sense for me to think about the, how easy it is for I me, mean, for me to be re my hackles to go. I'm probably more defensive about, I'm really defensive about Grace Church. I'm really defensive about my wife. I mean, you can, I mean, I'm used to people, and I don't really get shamed, but they, they can go after me, particularly when I take a theological stand they don't agree with. But, um, but it's easy for me to get my hackles up. And if it's in the wrong thing, who knows what I might do? And it just brought it all home to me. Hmm. It brought it all home to me. Yeah. I think what, what, what stands out to me, one of the things I always used to wonder growing up, and I've heard other people ask this question is like, you mentioned that, that Judas is always depicted as kind of this brooding, dark, angry person off in the corner. And it's like, why didn't they just notice that he was this evil guy? Cause he, you know, like yeah. if he's always in the corner, who's the, like who's the weird scheming. guy over there. Yeah. 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 Um, so it, you always yeah. ask the question like, well, did they just look past it? Did Jesus not know? Like he's the Lord of the universe. Surely he knows that, that this yeah. guy's going to betray him. So why does he let him stick around? And I think what you helped us, what helped me understand or picture was more of that Judas is a, a flawed person, like all the disciples, but there was probably a reason why he was part of the, the 12. I mean, I, he probably was quite devoted and quite passionate about the mission of Jesus. He wasn't just over there from the beginning brooding in like, like rubbing his hands together, you know? Right. And so it, it, it helped me see him in an, more as like a real human and not a caricature hmm. uh, of like the, the Disney bad guy, you know? It is, you, you know, Jesus can see the end from the beginning. He is almighty. He is God. When he called Judas, he had to have known, yeah, that's the guy. He's going he's gonna to help fulfill this story or help bring oh this end goodness. about or something. That would, have, so, that, that would be crazy. I would think if I were Jesus, everything out of Jesus, Judas's mouth, I would have been like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we'll mm -hmm. see about that. Say sir. what, Judas? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. You think you're on the team. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, after listening to this, and I've probably asked my, I probably have wondered this before, but don't, like, why does everybody hate him? Like, Tim, you said most people think that he's in a certain level of hell with Satan, and it, the only thing I could think when I was listening to this was like, don't we need him? Don't, doesn't the story need him? Because if it wasn't for him, we never would have gotten to Easter. So why, why does everybody hate on him? 
if it wasn't for him, Jesus wouldn't have died. And if Jesus wouldn't have died, he wouldn't have risen again. Why, why, why is everybody always mad about Judas? I think, um, th- I, th- I think that, the, that Jesus would have gone to the cross without Judas. There would have been a way to find a way to get him to the cross. Um, I think part of the anguish of the cross, though, is that Jesus had to bear that betrayal. Mm. Um, I think it's the, there is still some of the question mm. of how could somebody get so mad at Jesus, having spent that much time with him, to not recognize that? I mean, I'm sure he'd had plenty of conversations and he'd seen people who had way worse lives than uh, I mean, heck, Matthew was part of the 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 team, and uh, just uh, sorry, um, and <laughs> the sweet ringtone. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I just I think there's something about God's foreknowledge. There is the weird part about it, it says, and Satan entered into Judas. Sure, mm. it's twice. We get that twice in there. At essentially the same moments um but he'd already made up his mind and he'd already gone to the leadership he'd already got the deal he had the money yeah um at the last supper he already had the money so um mm-hmm. yeah i think i i think that satan satan himself knew that this was his last opportunity to really get over on jesus and mm-hmm that he was going to be involved in that if he, in any way that he could. And he, he, it says he entered into him. The Greek is very clear. It says he entered into him. So that's a, that's a possessive, a possession kind of language. Mm. But I still think that if he'd have, if he'd have had a second thought about it, he could have gotten out of it and they'd still found a way to get him to the cross. Yeah. been a different story. Mm. Yeah. It's see, I mean, obviously he ended up killing himself, but I've been in situations where I like one moment is a really bad moment for me. Like whether it's because of shame or guilt or something there, it's been a really bad moment for me. And all of a sudden, things start feeling like they're out of my control. And that, that for the, I mean, for the first time, it, it like snapped very, it snapped moments of Judas's life into focus for me where it's like, yeah, he had a really bad moment. And he responded to shame in similar ways that I respond to shame. Like there, there are moments in my life where I can point to where I've made the declaration that like respect from people is more important to me than their love. And if you don't respect me, I'm going to like, I respond very negatively. And um, if I feel like someone is publicly shaming me, I respond a lot differently than I do if uh, somebody just doesn't like me or love, love who I am. And so for the first time ever, I've been able to be like, Oh, I, I get, I get that. I, I probably respond very similarly. And then all of a sudden things got very out of control and it got very much out of Judas's control. And, um, it, it, it is, is just fascinating. You said he was, he was never on the sidelines. He was always like in, 
the mix with the rest of the disciples. And it wasn't like he was an outsider or anything. He was in the mix. And it, it's just really, it's a tragic story. For the first time in my life, it, he went from being just like evil villain to like a really tragic story that a situation got out of his control. And now he's, he's kind of known for that. Yeah. I think Barry, Barry said that he, he had been a, he's almost like a caricature of a, and, mm -hmm. and he's a real person. He's a real person. And, um, the story did not need Judas, but it's what happened. Mm -hmm. And so it's there. I think we have just enough information to give us an idea of what was going on. Now we have to figure that out. I, I actually, I said, do some CSI thinking, but I didn't know whether anybody knew what CSI was anymore. <laughs> but, and I, I even actually Googled modern television <laughs> programs that are kind of like CSI. I think they're still making CSI Tim, movies. They're still was, Tim, do you have a TV Google in your house? Me, it said, okay, boomer, stop. <laughs> I was at your house recently, Tim. Well, within the last few months. And I didn't see a TV anywhere. Do you even have a TV in your house? Do I? Yeah. Yeah, we have a TV. We have a, yeah. a TV. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have a TV. Yeah. I, I thank you, Tim, for taking Judas Beyond Greed. Because I think yeah. in most, you know, depictions or passion plays, remember passion plays, um, <laughs> you know, he's the guy that just wants money. And he's after that, you know, yeah. 30 pieces of silver or whatever. He's after that, that money purse. Um, and I'm, that's definitely part of his downfall. Greed was definitely part of it. Um, but it was a, it was a pride. I, I would have never put together that Iscariot meant he was from Judea, which meant he was educated, which meant he was. Yeah, he probably might've been. I, I, that's a surprise sure. that he might've been. Yeah. Because they put him yeah. in charge of the money. Why would they choose him? out of all of them to give the money to. And I, I just, that's just something that I'm, I made an assumption about, but it is true that, I mean, the reason that Peter was identified as somebody who was with Jesus was his accent. Right. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. that clearly has to play into this. The regions. I, yeah. It was helpful. I was imagining it being like, it'd be like if Judas was someone who was from, you know, the upper crust of New York City and all the rest of the disciples were from Kentucky, you right. know, from, from rural Kentucky. No offense. No, no offense. It would just be very different. <laughs> yeah. Very different yeah. cultures. And I could imagine that being a, a way that Judas would feel like an outsider. Yeah. All of a sudden he's having this, there's this dinner party where he's with his people and all these, mm -hmm. all these outsiders are there with him. And now he's the insider. And then this outsider shames him in front of the, in, I mean, that I can see how, if that was the case, if the, there were some of the same yeah. stereotypes, like, yeah, that would be. Uh, and well, the, that's the, what the, I was thinking. Yeah. I remember when it, it, the whole idea of it came to me, it just kind of blew up in my head one day when I was thinking about all of it. And you know, Barry, when we were talking about this sermon, like I, this sermon series, I was like, I get Judas. I get Judas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were very eager. I was really, yeah, because. If nothing else, it gives us another ex, another opportunity to show that, I mean, I'm not a genius. All that stuff, anybody can find that kind of material, that background material. It's not, it's not 
secret knowledge that I got in seminary. It's all out there. And people, we can do this kind of thinking and it makes the mm. stuff in the Bible more real to us as opposed to this sort of otherworldly mystical yeah. stuff. Yeah. And at, at the very least, multidimensional. Like yeah. I said, he was a one-dimensional character in my mind. He was just this greedy guy, mm. just a greedy guy. That was his downfall. But I mean, everyone is more complex than that. And he certainly was more complex than that. And with all of that rich kind of world behind the text stuff that you gave us, it helped to bring some dimension to yeah. this part of the story. Yeah, there's no chance that 30 pieces of silver was enough of an impetus to drive him to do what he did yeah. money. I mean, he put it in terms of money because it's the only way that he could say, I can give you who you want, hmm. but you're going to have to give me something that, that was, but I don't think it was because he was greedy. There's not enough money. It wasn't going to make it that much of a difference in his world. Hmm. Yeah, not only did it humanize him to me, it it once again humanized Peter because you pointed out that he didn't re he wasn't really pointing fingers in in some of the accounts, right? He in was, Mark, no, right? he doesn't, no. And it's because possibly because he had his own issues he was dealing with. Yeah, if you, I'm of the opinion that Mark is primarily the recollections of Peter that Mark was his translator for a while and had heard Peter tell the story over and over and over. And I think that he just wrote down the way that Jesus had been telling the story of the death and resurrection of Jesus. And he does mention that Judas is the one who does this, but he does not, he doesn't make a big deal about it because he has to talk about himself in that story. Mm. And, he can talk he can talk about himself next to Judas a little bit because he can talk about the fact that he was um, brought back into the fold by Jesus after what he did hmm. I'm sure but but even in mark that's not even part of the story yeah that's not part of the story so. yeah this series has been so cool for me I think I think spending a couple weeks looking through the eyes of one person is, is a fascinating uh, experience or exercise because you take all these names, like a couple years ago on this podcast, we did uh, the March Madness Bible, Bible character. <laughs> oh yeah. And that was, was that an attempt. Year? No, that was like two that years was, ago. Oh wow. So long ago. Uh, that was an attempt to like, understand these these people in in a different way but this this is like a whole new level and i've really thank you for thank you for communicating it the way you did tim it, it it's really like i want to go watch this sermon again because it it just feels like i missed something even though i've watched it four times <laughs> okay no it was it was that that packed that rich. You could watch it a couple yeah. of times over, I think, and get something new out of it every time. I will be honest. Um, I am so thankful that I get to do this hmm. and that I work with people who feel that that is important because a lot of places it's not important. And 
I, it's just, it seems to be, that's just a typical sermon of, that represents the, what is the backbone of the way that we approach the scripture. Mm. And I just am thankful that we do yeah. that. Barry, where do we uh, where do we go next in this series? What are we doing? Uh, so the next this coming weekend, I'll be back preaching about the trial and uh, Peter's denial, the actual denial. We t- I, I hinted at it and referenced it in the last one when I was talking about the prayer in the garden, but now we're actually going to look at the trial. And um, I mean, a little a little hint on where I'm going is that again, I've been I've been mostly drawing from Matthew because I think his gospel is helpful for following Peter's story a little bit. Excuse me. Um, but this weekend, one of the things I'm going to be pointing out is the fact that um, Peter's, the three questions asked of him and the questions asked of Jesus, it's a bit of like he's on his own trial while Jesus is on trial. And the way that they respond to being on trial is so different that mm-hmm. it actually draws some interesting uh Interesting parallels, interesting questions for us to consider, and uh, and hopefully, I'm I'm a little worried about time as I've been writing it. I'm I'm like, man, this is it's probably going to be too long unless I cut some stuff. But I'm going to hopefully. Hey, man, we got all the time in the world. Right? None of us yeah. rules don't apply anymore. All right, well, I'll I'll take that into <laughs> advisement. But um, the, it, I'll hopefully be able to bring to light a little bit of what um, that at least the first part of the trial where Jesus was at the high priest's uh, house what was going on there with what the high priests were asking him and what he says when they're like, tell us, are you the Messiah? And he's like, you've said it, but let me tell you that you're going to see the son of man coming on the clouds and sitting at the, in, in a seat of power. And it's like, what? And then they're like, have you heard it? You're going to, we got to kill him. So hopefully I'll bring a little bit of that to light to be able to be like, what is actually yeah. going on there? Uh, but I don't want to stray too far from what Peter was experiencing at the same time. So we'll see if I can fit it all in. It'll be, it'll be a miracle. So, and then we get to Easter. That's right. Next, the week after that is Easter. We're also going to do Good Friday. Amy Christie's going to be um, mm-hmm. doing, bringing us a, at least a, a shorter message of the moment at the cross. And then um, we'll look at the moment of the resurrection. Uh, Dad will be bringing that and it'll be his last Easter message as senior pastor. Mm. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. Well, I don't look forward to that part, but I look forward to the, continuing this series because it's been it's been really good for, How, for me. I wish I wish your dad was here to ask. Like, it's Easter, it's your last sermon as senior pastor, <laughs> and it's a global pandemic. How are you feeling? Yeah, yeah. I don't think we want. I don't think we want his answer right now. I think we <laughs> need to let him chill out, for, cool down mm. for a little bit. We'll My give him a, give him a minute, but yeah. it has been weird because it's entirely likely that the whole succession is going to happen while we're still in lockdown mode. And so it's just, yeah, well, I can speak for myself. I didn't see this coming when I was signing up five years ago to be senior pastor or to to like go through the candidacy process. I did not expect that this would be how it all, how it all comes to. I don't know that anybody expected it to be like (laughs) three weeks ago. I don't think we were expecting it. No, no. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm, Uh, So, this week and next week, um, and we're going to do some version, I think, on a weekly basis. Uh, but last week we had the we had the prayer gathering online on, yes. on Grace Church's website. We're doing another version of that this week, uh, where our campus pastors are going to lead uh, our congregation through a prayer um, ex- ex- uh, experience. And so 
if you uh, if you weren't there last weekend or last week on Wednesday and you would like to join that, you can join us on Facebook Live or our website. We're doing it at 7 p.m. on Wednesday nights. Uh, so join us there. There's a lot of stuff, like I said earlier, a lot of stuff going on kind of each day. Like we're doing, we're doing different things each day. So be sure to check our website. There's a blood drive happening uh, this week at 146. Or next week or this week in North Indy. Next week, I think in 146. There's just a lot of stuff going on. So I want to make sure that you, friend of the pods, stay connected. Yeah. Stay. Um, that I, I don't want you to feel like you're being left alone because you're not alone um, from between Sundays to you. So um, get on the website. Um, we just updated our homepage to be as, as up to date as possible. So please, please do that. Tim, thanks for being here today. It was, uh, yeah, glad to be here. It was great to talk to you, even though we're not, we're not together. It, it was still good to talk to you. Usually you make me bring music. Yeah. I thought about ways to do that, but I can't even figure out how to get my iPad. What would you have brought to him? Dying yeah, to I know. was going to bring because of, we talked about this. I was going to bring Red Rain by Peter Gabriel. Oh, yeah. Because so it's so powerful and it's actually talking. Now, it's not talking about a pandemic, but it is talking about the whole world being taken over by something which mm. catches everybody off guard. Mm. And plus, the drummer on that song is one of the best drummers in the world. And the whole song is just you guys know that song don't you red yes. rain well i was about to say is this falling is the down, moment that, like this is the moment friends of the pod <laughs> if you're watching this on facebook this is the moment that happens every time tim comes where he says a song and maron's like oh yeah i totally get it and Barry, red rain is I'm falling like, down oh. red i probably I've, yeah probably come on y'all i probably on. heard it yeah <laughs> but it's like we were we've been listening to it and it is it's going to be our pandemic theme, I know. So, all right. We will, when we hear it, can I, do we have 10 seconds? We have yeah. all the seconds, Tim. What do are you going to do? I'm just going to tell you this. This is an interesting thing. I've been thinking about it. My grandparents lived through the Great Depression, mm. Mm. and their entire lives, we always said, oh, they're just cheap because they lived through the Great Depression. But what happened was because of what happened to them when they were younger, actually, so affected them that their whole course of their lives was altered. Yeah. And they were very careful with their money and they saved everything and they, 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 everything they did was about you could lose everything tomorrow. Yeah. because of what happened in a time period that we're talking about these kinds of time periods now. And mm -hmm. I'm just thinking this is the, what is happening to us is going to alter people's lives for the rest of their lives, but it's going to be a different kind of altering. It's going to be a fear of closeness and a yeah. worry that you can, that everybody can make you sick. And these are yeah. going to be things that are going to just percolate. And I think this is a really important time for us to start thinking about ways that what we can bring into the world will overcome those fears because um, that, that, that is who we are as a church. We need, we need to be people that, um, that can bring the message of hope of Jesus that overcomes what I believe our culture is going to be afraid of for, for decades. Mm, wow. so, yeah. Thanks for saying powerful. that. Yeah. I mean, 
I was I you said it a lot more eloquently than I tried to with talking about Milo and his experience. Like he won't remember this time like literally, but he will be impacted the rest of his life yeah. and he's That's 2 years old. And yeah, so thanks for saying that. I feel like we're just now like it's only been 20 years since September 11th. We're just now like we we've been prepared and cut, uh, conditioned to think like going to the airport, we're thinking about terrorist attacks and we're thinking about school shootings and like all these different, yeah. ex, ex, you know, exterior dangers. Well, now we're, we're thinking about something that we've been completely unprepared for. And yeah. it right. will, everyone we ever meet will be an existential threat yeah. to our lives. Right. Hmm. That's a, that is a, you want to talk about something that is absolutely the opposite of of what it is to be a part of the family of God. Yeah. All mm. of the images about what it is to be connected to Jesus are family, close. They're all those mm. kinds of images. Mm. And what's happening right now is make, I hate to use that word existential twice, but it is. It's an, I'm mean, using it three times. It's an exist, it will be an existential, people yeah. Yeah. will be an existential threat to our existence. We, we can't, we can't allow that to happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thanks for saying that. Now yeah. more than ever. Yeah. I, I had a conversation with one of my music volunteers from the Fishers campus that I, I asked all my people, what are your prayer requests? And his prayer request was, I'm, I'm having a hard time connecting within the body. How do mm -hmm. I do that? Um, I wasn't sure I was going to mention it on the pod, but um, two things. I lost my grandfather this morning. Um, oh, and he's, he's in Florida with my grandma um, and it's on Facebook. My dad posted it or whatever, but we can't memorialize him. Yeah. He was a big, a big deal in the drag racing scene and back in the fifties or so, but our sixties um, without a doubt, his memorial would have drawn hundreds of people from around the world. Um, I mean, he's like a Hall of Famer. He's, he's a big yeah, deal. Yeah, you've talked about him before. And he's my grandpa, and I love him so much. And we just found out this morning. So I, I only mentioned that on the pod because I know that there are other Grace Church people. There are other pod friends who have loved ones that are ill, who are experiencing the fear of what if I lose them and I can't be by their side? What if I lose mm -hmm. them and I can't get to their memorial? And I just want to say that like we're all facing that. Yeah. And I guess if I'm thankful for anything, imagine if this would have happened, you know, I don't know, 15 years ago or even yeah. 10 years ago when fewer of us had um, connectivity via social media and things like that. Yeah. Um, at this point outside of, you know, texting my grandma or calling like that's, that's the best way that I can be present with her. Um, it's the best way I can, help my father grieve as he's now lost my mother and my, mm. and his father within a span of three months. I can't even be by their side in this time. And if you would months ago, it would have been unfathomable to sit here and talk to y'all. I would be driving to Florida right now to be with my grandma. Yeah, right. Um, and again, so many, so many of our people are finding themselves in a situation similar to mine. So I agree with Tim. We can't let, um, we can't let this imposed separation um, change who we are as the body of Christ. We've, we've got to keep pushing through and finding a way to be there for each other, uh, especially mm -hmm. now. 
and and maybe in new ways. I can't just drive, you know, and be with my grandma in person. So how can I be with her despite these yeah. limitations? Well, thanks for sh- thanks for sharing that. It's Yeah, I'm so sorry, Marin. Yeah. Well, <laughs> My sister called me as we were doing our mic test. Remember when you were yelling at me in all caps, Tyler, because I wasn't (laughs) coming downstairs fast enough? That doesn't sound like me. (laughs) (laughs) My sister called me. um, We talked about grandpa and moments, minutes after she found out our grandpa passed, she found out she's expecting her fourth child. Oh, my word. Why are you dropping all this news at the end of the show? I didn't get to it. You asked me about my plate when I should have been calling <laughs> oh, it's my fault. It's Tyler's it's, fault. It's like being like, you know those super bouncy balls you get from like the coin machine and it's like ceiling to the floor, ceiling to the yeah. floor. Like that's that's been the last 24 hours of my life and wow. sounds like it's like that for a lot of us. There's extreme highs and lows right yeah. now. Yeah. Well, congratulations with that. Sorry I, about... Tim mentioned before. something as... I was listening to the sermon today about, you know, hope and renewal and new life and rebirth being so much more inspirational in times like these and getting that good news from my sister on the heels of such terrible news, as much as it was like a spike in the highs and lows, it was this beautiful promise of new life and continuation and renewal. Mm. And it's just beautiful. So, Mm -hmm. So yeah, friend of pod, please stay connected. Please, please stay involved. If you need help, please reach out. Please stay connected. Um, it would be an honor to pray with you at our prayer gathering. I had a, I had a wonderful time doing that last week. So stay connected. Uh, on that note, we'll see you next week. We'll try to be better technologically prepared. We'll uh, all have different microphones yeah, by next we'll all, week. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have a better setup. <laughs> Uh, Marin, will you please send us out? Sorry, you don't have any int- outro music, but we please do it anyway. You could, you could sing it. Uh, do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday. <laughs>